Good. Welcome back to Christian Concepts, episode two. We're talking about the pleasures of life. Before we begin, I do want to introduce someone, a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Dalton Heitman, all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Go ahead and say hi, Dalton. Hello, everybody on the interwaves. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then uh, we also have Jesse Thorson over in Placerville, uh, one of our co-hosts as well. How's it going, Jesse? Dandy as always. Thank you very much. Love that word. I'm never going to stop saying that either. Uh, (laughs) So today, like I said, we're talking about the pleasures of life, godly satisfaction versus worldly satisfaction. And uh, I actually wanted Jesse to get us started off today after reading his notes. He's definitely gone in depth in this, uh, a lot more in depth than I went this week for sure. But uh, I definitely want Jesse to start this off. So Jesse, whenever you're ready, take it away. All right. Yeah, I had to kind of scramble to put my notes on because I forgot I can't switch screens so <laughs> I think I got all my notes this time all right so sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so um uh something I put in my own notes and I re- and I saw that uh Lucas had done it with his own notes was we both had a definition of satisfaction um and that's a fulfillment of one wishes of one's wishes expectations or needs or the pleasure derived from this. So that's a pretty general definition of that. But um, I think a lot of people in life, it's always, they come down to a point where it comes down to where, what, what's my, what's my reason for living? You know, what's my point in existence? You know, why am I here? And it's me, yeah. Yeah, uh, what's, you know, what's my purpose and all that. So some people, I think, try to find fulfillment and satisfaction, a lot of people actually, in things of the world. So, you know, a lot of sinful things, you know, things that appeal to the flesh. Um, You know, we have the whole list of the works of the flesh in Galatians 5, uh, 19 through 21. Uh, We could read through that, but um, I'll, I'll... let you uh, kind of read that on your own, but um, yeah, I would like to actually uh, kind of open it up to De Pablo and uh, Dalton and get their thoughts on what why people are so fixated on chasing after these pleasures from the world, these fulfillments that they think will fulfill them, but just end up leaving them empty and dry in the end. Well. For for sure, I think people are definitely looking to fill some sort of, I guess you would call it like a hole uh, inside of them, that feeling of emptiness. And most of them who do that either have A, never been to church, or B, uh, have been in church and dropped out of it, and they dropped out of it for reason A, B, C, however far you need to go. Um, but people try filling these holes thinking, oh, you know what, this is going to work this time. Or, okay, well, that didn't work. Let me try this one. This one's going to work. And I, I think it's it becomes more of a desperation than anything else. Uh, people trying to find that gap that ultimately Christ will fulfill. That ultimately when they turn around and repent and come to him, they're going to realize, you know what? This is where it was at all along. And unfortunately, uh, we, there are people who 
won't go back to church because you know what they they feel judged uh they feel like they're they're going to be run out because of what they've done and unfortunately some people do do that i would i wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy because that's a horrible feeling uh and that's that's any kind of back talking not well, not back talking like your mom told you to do something you say something back kind of back talking i mean talking behind your back um and unfortunately that's a, a way that most people in the world feel um but once they get to the point where they can push past what people think i find it amazing that nine times out of ten people will come to the church uh it's yeah. it's kind of like that common knowledge that you know what these people feel or at least look like they're being fulfilled look like they're having joy or pleasure in their lives and uh that that I think is the example that we need to set up is we're I don't I don't want to say we're better than the world because uh, God is not, he said so himself <clears throat> everyone's equal in his eyes but we are meant to be that example set apart set aside and show them who he is uh, by our love towards one another and by how we're living our life with joy yeah yeah. Exactly. I, you got I agree to add too. I think, um, as far as pleasures of the world is concerned, I think it's important that we can understand that, like, the things of this world are pleasurable. Like, I don't think they do bring a, a sense of fulfillment, temporary joy, happiness. And coming at this from the perspective of, somebody who is a Christian and maybe is trying to distance themselves from the pleasures of the world. Um, you know, we have Moses who chose to suffer uh, with his own people rather than dwell of the life of the Egyptians. You know, mm-hmm. he, especially being brought up in royalty, he had every opportunity to sit and reap the benefits of living in royal Egyptian life, but he chose to suffer the afflictions of his own people. And I think that all throughout scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, it's filled with examples of people who have everything that they could want in the world, but they choose to give it up. They choose to suffer the afflictions that Mm -hmm. come with following Christ and a deeper purpose. But two, even if you, even if somebody does feel fulfillment in the world, it, it, that isn't a reason that you shouldn't follow Christ. Somebody, somebody may feel fulfilled with a career or, you know, whatever lifestyle they've chosen. But even if you have that feeling of fulfillment, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't follow Christ. Still, you're supposed to, um, you know, crucify your, die to your flesh daily, uh, take up your cross and follow Him regardless of how you feel about anything about how your life is going, if it's going good or if it's going bad, you should still be following Christ daily. So, um, yeah, I think that even if, even if you're not feeling being fulfilled with things of this world or they're bringing temporary fulfillment and you can find Christ and it brings fulfillment to your life, or there might be times where you're following Christ and you don't feel like he's bringing fulfillment. You feel like it's more of a burden. But, I mean, it's one of those times and seasons where you have to, you have to dig deeper, knowing that sometimes it's not going to feel 
pleasant. Sometimes it's not going to feel like the right thing to do, but you know, through scripture, it is the right thing to do. And you just have to keep going. Like for Job comes to mind. I mean, they're the worst things that anybody could possibly go through. And he was faithful Mm -hmm. to God before Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people also think that when when you follow God, you know, blessings are going to come and that blessings means that, you know, nothing's going to go have a, a nice house with a nice family, good health, good finances. But I mean, the exact opposite can be true. It almost exact opposite is true in every case in the way that we think of blessings. When you go through all of the biblical characters, it, all of their lives are riddled with persecution. Yeah. Most of their lives are, are they're not something that we would we would want to desire looking at it from a purely carnal perspective most of them were were beaten were abused were homeless i mean and so you know it's just you have to you have to get to the point where you you dig deeper job knew even though he's losing everything everything that he had to lose came from god to begin with so he knew like you know he lost his kids well the lord gave him those kids and the Lord renewed him, you know, at the end, uh, twice as much that he had before. So it's just one thing. So he, he dug, stood, even though I'm being persecuted and I don't know why. And I was following God faithfully and all of this stuff still happened to me. He knew that he was still going to follow God no matter what. Even to the point of saying that if God slays me and takes me out of this world, God is still righteous for doing that. Right to do that. I'm just trying to live for him the best I can. But ultimately, like, I'm a sinner. I'm unworthy to keep his company. And if he wants to take me out, he's still righteous for doing that. But so, I mean, I'll I'll open it up back to everybody again. I don't want to take the whole floor, but some <laughs> thoughts that I I have. Oh no, that was good. Um, and I, I, some scriptures come to mind uh, after hearing about Job. I mean, especially when. That his friends came to him, and even his wife came to him, telling him, "You know, why don't you just curse God and die?" You know, and these people who were blessed by Job. I mean, you can't. There's okay. Back back in that time, people were blessed by other people being blessed, especially in a community such as Job's, and they were they had to have been partaking in those blessings. Because, I mean, you, you can tell when someone's being blessed of God, and you reap those benefits as well. Whether it's physically, spiritually, uh, financially, you you can feel those. And a verse that comes to my mind, well, a few verses that come to my mind are uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32, where uh, all these things, and I actually have it up, I'll, I'll begin reading just all these things that he uh, stated that are not convenient or are not of God fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, just like Job's friends, they knew exactly how God could judge them, and that's exactly why they're like, oh yeah, Job must have sinned. He definitely did something wrong. He must have done something extremely wrong to lose all of this. That's why right. I said, you know, why don't you just curse God and die? Because they, they 
he must be in a very bad spot. He must have been doing something so wrong that he could have gotten this judgment of God. But continuing on, um, that they which commit such things death not only do the same, so these people who know that God can kill them for doing such things, not only do these things, but have pleasure in the people that do them. And it, it comes to mind when uh, I don't. I don't think this is. I, I don't know who this is from, but uh, misery loves company. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that these people who take all of these list of things, which might you cover a shotgun spread of uh, activities. It's not just one thing or another. These are categories. <laughs> Sorry. And um, I when these people do these and this, they're most of the time they're really even though they know it's wrong, they keep doing it because mm-hmm. it brings them some sp- in the time doing it. And then they bring other people into that. And I think that's why most people will have a problem finding true pleasure through Roy because all these other people are bringing them into their own circle of misery with a facade of come with us. We're, we're having Yeah, uh, I think that's true. I mean, even when Satan fell, he took a third of the angels with him. I mean, you would think that if one angel is being cast out of heaven and doomed for all of eternity, that the rest of them would have enough sense to uh, probably not associate. But yeah. time and time again, even humans, we latch on to people who we know are not going the right direction. They're going to lead us the wrong direction. And we know that the outcome is not going to go well, but there's that little fleshly nature on the inside of us that if we're not walking in the spirit, we're going to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Um, the only way to not fulfill the lusts of the walk in the spirit. And another thing um, to bring up regarding pleasures in general and blessings, uh, fulfillment, things like that. Um, the Christian life, I think, there is a sense of deeper fulfillment and pleasure, I think, ultimately. Um, but that doesn't necessarily... It's, a, it's, it's not as superficial, I think, as some might think about it. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that your life is going to be happy, necessarily. But you'll, yeah. you'll have something within you that you know is the truth, something that you can stand on, something you you can lean on you know when jeremiah have a happy life necessarily and i don't think most people would consider him you know to have a pleasurable life even as a christian but he had a relationship with god and a mission that even when he's thrown in a pit of miry clay he can still stand he can still preach the word and even though i'm sure he had low moments i know he did he had something that ran deeper than momentary uh, happiness. Even in the spiritual sense, I think he had something that ran deeper, his commitment to the truth. Um, I think I know that that's true because there was a time when Jeremiah himself stopped preaching. He stopped. He didn't want to preach anymore because, and he told God, preaching every single day at these people, all they do is mock me. They don't listen to me. I don't want to preach anymore. Like, what's the point of me being out here if all they're going to do 
is ridicule me. They're not going to listen. I might as well just save my breath. And that's where we get one of the most famous quotes of scripture that we use today that, you know, his word was shut up in me like fire in my bones. And that was a result of Jeremiah keeping his peace when he should have been speaking out. And, and so even in that sense, when he was doing the will of God, when he was preaching the word, he wasn't happy about it necessarily. He didn't like it. He was being mocked and ridiculed to the point where he stopped doing it. But it was so deep in his bone. He was, he had to get it out. Like fire was inside of him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have another passage in James um, chapter five, verse, let's see, uh, 10. Um, It says, take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. It was a complete opposite. We, we're looking at people, taking them as an example for people who have suffered, and then recounting them happy. And then even in that verse, you have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and tender of mercy, because the Lord restored unto him at the end of his life. And even if the Lord doesn't restore to you at the end of your life, you have a hope beyond this world. That's why it's about being in this world, but not of this world. You know, you are strangers and pilgrims in this land. Hebrews talks about the people who they're looking for the city whose builder and maker is God. It's because these people have something within them that they're not of this world. They're, they're, they're passing through this world and they're hoping in a world beyond the temporary. And uh, so even if the Lord doesn't restore to you in this life, he, he, he has a mansion built for you in the next one. And same attitude that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had when they went into the fiery furnace, they told the king, if the Lord kills us, we get to go be with the Lord. <laughs> if he doesn't <laughs> kill us, guess what? There's no denying what took place. Obviously, we have God on our side. You know, if we can be thrown into a fiery furnace and not die, that can tell you something. So <laughs> either way, even in the even if in the present time it's not restored unto you, you know it's going to be restored unto you in the next life. You know, revelation the bloods of saints and martyrs they're the guys crying out when when will these souls be avenged when will they be when will when will when will the judgment be passed on the people who've killed these saints you know for your name and you know it will come to pass those saints might not see it in their lifetime but the restitution the lord will judge and every man will hold an account and the saints which were martyred even if they didn't receive the recompense of their reward at that time, they will because they'll be with the Lord for eternity in the city whose builder and maker is God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a verse in first Timothy, I believe it's six. Yeah. First Timothy six, uh, verse 10. And it kind of goes, it, it's a pretty popular verse. Uh, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 
And so obviously that love of money is not just talking about physical money that we handle, but it's a much deeper uh, meaning of the love of anything outside of what God has predestined for you. Um, is a more accurate way of looking at that, I think. Um, It's the root of all evil. So trying to find satisfaction outside of what God has intended for you, what God has planned for you, is evil. And we could try to pursue, we could try to make things happen that we think might fall short. And we're always going to be always going to be wanting more um and i think it's i want to say psalms 37 4 let me just double check this right now yeah uh delight thyself also in the lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart so it it's and this goes back to honestly kind of faith which was w- what we had talked about in our very first podcast um <laughs> Pursuing after God, getting that relationship with God, delighting ourselves. Once we understand who God is, we understand that he's not withholding anything good from us. Those Ten Commandments are not there to keep us back from anything good. You know, there's people that I've met and they're like, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, that's kind of, you know, that's cool, I guess. But you can't do this and you can't do that. And, well, yeah, I'm not going to kill. I'm not going to steal, you know, commit (laughs) adultery. These are things that God has put down to, you know, to safeguard, you know, our, our hearts, you know, to keep us where he wants us to be. And those 10 commandments themselves, you know, the, uh, all, I think there's like, there's over 600, I believe, uh, laws in the old testament and all those laws were founded on the ten commandments and the ten commandments themselves were founded off the great shema which is um i should love the lord thy god with all thy heart and all thy soul with all thy might um and love thy neighbor as thyself those are the the ten commandments are literally based off those two laws it's having a deeper relationship with god and as a result um strengthening your relationships uh, with everyone else, you know, and you hear that acronym joy, Jesus first, other second, yourself last. And it's so true. The more you draw closer to Jesus, the more you begin to be able to love others because that's who God is. That's one of his main characteristics is he is love. And how can we love without God? We can't, you know, we can't love really without him, not real true love. So, delighting ourselves in the Lord, it's, we're coming to an understanding of who he is, you know, and as a result, that brings us joy, you know, and we're delighting in that. It's not, it's not a hindrance. It's not like, do I have to do this? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to read my Bible? Do I have to fast? Do I have to do this and that? But as we, you know, as that relationship deepens and as we begin to understand why God has put things in scriptures for us, it becomes a joy. And that last part, and he shall give the desire, the desires of thine heart. That's not saying he's going to give you anything you want, but instead what's going to happen is as you, as you understand God more, that relationship, your desires are going to begin to change. God's working in you this whole time, you know, and Mm -hmm. that worldly carnal old flesh, that old man that you are, 
is being crucified every day when you give him control of your life. You know, that's what it means. Take up your cross daily, you know, follow me, giving him control of your life and saying, not my will, but thine be done. And so those desires, those old carnal desires that you had, they begin to change and they begin to line up with the desires that God wants you to have, the desires that God wants to fulfill in your lives. And when that, when your desires line up with his desires, he's going to grant them just like that. It's going to be, it's the, it's going to be so quick. It's going to be like, you know, and a lot of people, I think, misinterpret that uh, scripture, Psalm 37, 4, you know, they're like, oh, you know, just love the Lord and all that. And he's just going to give you whatever you want. It's, that's not, that's not that saying. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's really this, it's this whole thing. I, I could keep going on and on about this, but this worldly satisfaction, it's all desires from your old carnal flesh. I think Dalton said it earlier already you know and all those desires sin itself is missing the mark you're not you know you're you have the arrow and you know the crossbow you got the bullseye and you shoot and you just miss that's what sin is and, but when you're with god you know you're dead on and so it's it's really wonderful the more you put your heart you know where your heart is you're you know that's where your treasure is going to be. So the more you invest time and energy and money, whatever it is, you know, whatever resource you have available to you, you give it all to God and your treasure, you know, your heart is going to follow that where, where your treasures are, where your heart you also, I, I said, I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so, yeah. So you just pursue God. And that's why I wanted, that's why, uh, I wanted our first podcast to be on faith because it really, everything, it all comes back to knowing God. That is the very, very first step in being a Christian. That's the first baby step. If you don't have that, nothing else matters. You could have the Holy Ghost. You can repent. But if you don't know who God is, who are you repenting to? You don't even know. You're just repenting to some big guy up in the sky, you know? And you could get baptized, but what's the point of that if you don't know God? All this stuff, you know, Acts 2.38 is super powerful. Of course, that and that you know you, that has to be fulfilled in your life for you to be saved. But that can only happen once this first step, faith, has been completed. And so, you know, once that all begins to happen, this all these desires that you've had will begin to fade away. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. That's like one of my favorite old hymns because it's so true. The more you focus on the light, darkness you can't even see the darkness anymore. All you see is the light, you know, and nothing else even seems to matter. You don't even notice it. And so it's just, it's amazing. That, that whole letting God get the desires of your heart by loving him. It, it brings me to Psalm one and blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That that right there is something that helps me, well, helped me personally, uh, better understand that verse of, love the lord trust in him he'll give you the desires of your heart well if i love the lord truly 
then my desires are going to be his desires. If I love the right. Lord, I'm going to want to bring as many people to him as possible. Because like, hey, look, this guy saved me from eternal damnation. <laughs> and now, now I get to go to heaven. Like, how yeah. cool is that? That is the most yeah. amazing thing I can think of. What's better than being burnt to a crisp constantly? I don't know, streets of gold? What did Paul say? He says that he uh, he reckons that the sufferings that we endure in this present time mm-hmm. not be compared with, the, you know, oh, yeah. the glory. I may be quoting it wrong, but... Paraphrase. Yeah. But the gist <laughs> is, whatever we go through here will not compare to what comes out on the other side. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's that's what makes all of this worth it. I mean, yeah, I get to I and that I think it was I think Dalton, you were mentioning this earlier um, about the end outcome for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Like, oh, yeah, if we get thrown in the furnace and we die, well, cool, we get to go see our God. If we don't die, we just proved you wrong. Right. I mean, that that is that was spot on with the pleasures of life, because I mean, what what is something I can take pleasure here, here's a good example. I can take pleasure in fishing and not catch a fish all day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I go out and I catch just one fish. And the joy that would be in me would be great because of that one fish. But I didn't catch anything the previous day and all I caught was one. Well, that doesn't matter. I got I got a fish. I got what I came to get. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a very simplified, overly simplified uh, statement of our walk with God, like yeah, I may get uh, persecuted. I mean, which in America we're barely scratching the surface of persecution. Um, I mean, there there are people who get killed because they own a page of the Bible, right? And that's all they can own. They're sharing that page around, and they love God so much they will die loving His Word rather than say, "Yeah, no, you can have it." I don't, I don't love Him. They would rather die than do that. What's funny and, is that. No, no, continue. Well, I was going to say, what's funny is that in preparation for the, the podcast topic, most of my um, verses and study was actually done uh, looking up the word persecution and affliction and looking up the word um, stranger, pilgrim, because the pleasure is so associated with, it. I think a lot of times, Christians can get really hyper focused on temporal blessing. You know, if you live for the yeah. Lord, God is going to bless you. If you live, you know, we're not living for this world. Like, I understand that, you know, living for God is a blessing spiritually and physically, but it's more than just if you live for God, you're going to be blessed. Because what I tell people that over and over and over, and then they do live for God, but then something goes wrong, suddenly, they don't turn at Joel Osteen. Well, yeah, and then they start blaming God. They say, "And you didn't bless me. I live for you, and I lost my mother. I live for you, and I lost my house. You must yeah. not love me anymore." And what it is is a constant. In my opinion, it's it, it reinforces to an extent false doctrine of you live for God, you're going to get blessed. And when people don't get blessed or things go wrong, now God is the one at fault. He's not holding up his end of the bargain. But God never promised us a life of luxury and ease in this world. He didn't. He, prom- he promised us salvation and he promised us a home in heaven. And, and he also he, promised us persecution. Don't right. He, he, he literally, <laughs> and in fact, what's so funny about that is one of the few times the word blessing is actually used is in, is in the example of persecution. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for my namesake. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? It's it's so ironic. You think about blessing, it's like, oh, here's Jesus talking about blessing, and he's talking about how much you're going to be persecuted. And that brings me, actually, to something I found studying. Uh, I looked up the word blessing in my little Bible app to see how many times it was actually used in the New Testament. The word blessed is used a bit more because Jesus uses it in his you know, Sermon on the Mount. But the word blessing is only used 13 times in the New Testament and only 12 verses. Yeah. Which is mind-blowing because Christians spend so much time talking about the blessings of God. And it's true. <laughs> I, it's, 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 it's this fine line between acknowledging, like, yes, there is blessings in living for God because he gives us hope. He gives us peace. He gives us comfort of the Holy Spirit. You know, we can develop the fruit of the Spirit. But we, I, I think most people don't associate that with blessing and that's the disconnect most people associate temporal earthly physical things as blessing yeah and um a, a big a big touch up on that like jesse had mentioned about money being the root of all evil when when someone says oh the lord's going to bless you almost immediately the first thing that pops in someone's mind is ooh money right and uh <laughs> that's that's something that uh kind of hits close to home I mean, like I, we've always we've always heard giving your tithe giving your offering and god's going to bless you based on what you give him because i mean in the end it's all his and money being the root of all evil like jesse was saying i think what it comes down to is what i put value on in this world mm-hmm. is the root of everything evil that i do and so switching up to putting my value elsewhere and putting my value in God and in his desires and in his ways, that's not going to lead me to anything evil. It's going right. to lead me to things that are righteous. I, and I've, so that was just a thought that popped in my head real quick. Go, go back to what you were saying. I've No, that's good. I, I, I think I've learned two things regarding what people worship. I think people worship what they love and then they also worship what they fear. <laughs> yes. Which is, Really kind of strange, but when you think about how many times the Bible says to not fear, to not be afraid, but then tells you to fear God only, yeah. you know, that's telling something. You know, I understand that fear is a lot of times in the Old Testament used as a word to represent uh, like reverence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's also an element of like you need to legitimately fear your creator. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. What, the what, ultimate I, I brought you in this world, I can take you right out moment. Right, and, it, and it's this <laughs> element of, you know, truly, we all will be judged. A sense of fear of, I need to be right with my creator, because it's all or nothing. There is no, you know, you made it halfway between heaven or hell, this little mediocre place. Yeah, there's no purgatory. You know, th- yeah, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. And going back to the, uh, the blessing word, um, I have a little, can you all still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cause I exited out of the thing. So I want to make sure. Sorry about the interrupt. Earlier. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, no, we're good. The word, the word blessing. So it's used 13 times in the new Testament, only 12 verses. How many of those times do you think the word blessing is referring to something we get? You're uh, <laughs> sounding like you're underwater. Sorry. <laughs> try this again. Can you hear me better? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay, the word blessing, 13 times in the New Testament, only 12 verses. How many times do you think it's used 
to represent something that Christians get on earth? I'm going to say three. I'm going to say zero times. Oh, wow. <laughs> zero times it's used in that context. Four times the word blessing is used as praise to God. It's used in the context of, um, you know, something like wisdom and honor and glory and blessing be unto our God. Four times it's used like that. Okay, can you all still hear me? Because I'm exiting again. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to go through the rest of the times. One refers to the blessing of the gospel. The gospel is a blessing because it's how we learn about Jesus Christ, how he saves us, how he redeems us. Mm-hmm. So that's a blessing. One refers to the blessing of the promise of Abraham and the promise of the spirit, the promise of the Holy Ghost. Another one, again, refers to Abraham being blessed his seed, which in reality just means Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is from the seed of Abraham. So through Abraham's seed, all of the world will be blessed. Why? Because the Messiah comes through Abraham. Another one refers to the earth being blessed by rain. <laughs> so, I mean, the earth is getting blessings before Christians are getting blessings physically. Um, another one referred to the possibility of Esau being blessed with his birthright, but he was rejected. Um, another one. Found in James, talks about not being able to speak blessing and cursing from the same mouth. It's contradictory. You can't do that. Another one refers to communion as being um, a cup of blessing. And talks about those who persecute you, you should render blessing to them. So all of those times, none of it is talking about something that we receive on earth. Physically, none of it. It's all, you know, spiritual, the spirit or praising God or render. So I think there's a huge disconnect between the amount of emphasis we place on the type of blessing, at least, to receive compared to what scriptures actually happen. And I think when there is that disconnect, a lot of Christians become disheartened because mm-hmm. they think, Maybe I'm doing something wrong, or maybe my God really isn't that powerful, or maybe he doesn't really care about me. And it's like, no, you're missing it. You've just been misled because we're always talking about physical, temporary blessings. And scripture's really not putting that much emphasis on that because it runs so much deeper. And I think when you really understand, like, we really aren't of this world. So any blessings that we get, ultimately, they're going to be for the world beyond (laughs) as weird as that Mm -hmm. sounds and obviously the lord you know he will bless you physically on this earth because he needs ministers to propagate the gospel and if you're and you're you're in line with his will like you said he'll give you the desires of your heart you know he can bless you he can bless people who are faithful he will bless people who are faithful but i think that Mm -hmm. there really seriously needs to be some some a little bit deeper talk about blessing in churches than the traditional way because i think it leads a lot of people astray and ultimately i think it leads a lot of people to feeling more disconnected from god than connected to him yeah yeah so um, i know we're going to be wrapping this up here pretty quick we're hitting this 40 minute mark that we try to keep it at so i'm gonna leave you all my last little bit um just turning to psalms 23 uh, a bit of encouragement. Um, the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
Um, and that verse, I love that verse. That's why like, it's such a comforting verse. It's like, it's a verse I look at and it just, it just calms me, you know, it's just, and it's, it's also something that I make sure, you know, it, when things are hectic in my life, when things are just falling apart, I always, you know, I try to come back to this and I say, is the Lord my shepherd, you know, and is he my Lord? Is he in control? Is he, you know, and it goes beyond, um, how do I want to say this? You know, we always expect something, I guess, when we first come to God, you know, when we, when people from the world come to church or even growing up in church, we're always expecting something. But what we need to realize is in the end, we shouldn't live for God out of any reason of honestly fear. I mean, that is, you know, it can be a driving factor in the beginning when you're a baby, you know, and, you know, a baby in the Lord and all that, and you're, you know, trying to become a more mature Christian. But in the end, a mature Christian serves God because they love God and they want to do everything to please him. And that only happens, you know, of course, from faith and from these, uh, steps in second peter one that i mentioned last uh, in the last podcast and as long as you do all those things you know you're building upon those eight steps you're not going to lack anything you might want stuff but you don't need it right you don't actually need that stuff the lord's giving you what you need and what you, yeah exactly and that's true satisfaction when you start to realize the lord is my shepherd you know and the rest of that whole chapter you know he makes me to lie down great pastures, leads me besides the waters. He restores my soul. He leaves me in passive, you know, all these things he's doing. And he's, it's just, all those things are a huge blessing. And once we realize that, that everything he's doing to us, even the trials, and that's the hard part, even the trials and temptations he gives us, those are an opportunity for us to really come out and say, no, he's my God. He's my Lord. I'm not, I want that. I really do want that. But I'm because I've seen the Lord, because I have this relationship that's deepening every day with him. I'm going to say, no, no, I'm doing what he wants me to do, you know, yeah. and that I know it sounds totally contradictory to everything that the world tells you these days. You know, just go out there, follow your heart, do whatever, you know, you can, you know, find yourself all that. You know, I just that's that's a whole lot of baloney. <laughs> That's just a whole lot of baloney. <laughs> You're not going to find any satisfaction in yourself or anything in this world. It's only in the Lord. Yep. I think the, and I think the pattern of people that usually go that direction, I think it speaks for itself. When people start saying things like that and you look at their lives 10 years down the road, they normally haven't gotten things more figured out. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they, their families are usually falling more apart. Their the health is usually you know, their relationships with their friends has gotten worse if they have any left. True. Which I doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, we can go on and on about this forever. And I love talking with these guys. They're uh, some of my favorite people in the world. Uh, definitely top two. <laughs> uh, I actually, you know, top three because Shane is Shane's up there too. I love you guys. Uh, be going here i am revealing the topic for next week right now 
Uh, I didn't really discuss this with these guys beforehand, but I do want to talk about forgiveness next week. Um, and that's that's a huge thing in anyone's life, really. I mean, you you get forgiveness. You know, I'm not going to talk about it right now because we got to end the show. Uh, but next <laughs> week we're going to be talking about forgiveness. If you look at our Instagram page, Christian underscore concepts, you will find a link to get to our anchor website. And there you can leave voice messages for any questions, uh, comments that you may have. And who knows, you may end up getting onto the podcast. It is at our discretion whether or not we do that. It's just be warned. If you don't get on, we're not trying to offend you. It's just for the flip. <laughs> so, uh, and also, I do want to start doing was, uh I was moved on this sometime today. And I think that's probably why things worked out to where Dalton got here a little bit later. So we recorded later. But uh, I want to open this up to where if you have any prayer requests, um, you can go ahead and either email us, which I will be putting that on our Instagram page, uh, or give us a message on our podcast. And if you don't want it said over this uh, medium, then don't that let us know. We won't say it. If you do and we find that it won't uh, interrupt the flow of the show, we'll definitely try to get that done for you because we are firm believers that prayer will work wonders having that connection with god will get anything done that needs to be done uh and then just that's that's pretty much all i've got for tonight uh, i appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with us uh, especially dalton uh, we're gonna try to get him on here as much as possible he is in louisiana so the time difference is different and next week i will be out in missouri uh we are still gonna have a podcast don't worry but we're just gonna have to work around uh what time we're recording actually the next two weeks I'll be in Missouri for our podcast. Um, so until then, God bless everybody. Again, prayer requests, leave a message, uh, email us, direct message us, uh, Christian underscore concept, Pablo thoughts or something like that. I don't remember my Instagram handle. <laughs> Dalton Heitman. Uh, but yeah, until then, God bless and good night. Yeah. <laughs>